0: Nobody was left out and we don't have that neighborly type of mentality anymore. You, I, I So many of us, seriously, yeah. when you live in apartment complexes, do you know your neighbor? Have you met them? Have you introduced yourself to them? You know, this idea that you're you've some i'm going to introduce myself how many people go to church and sit down everybody claiming to be a christian right you sit down you hear the message and the first as soon as i'm done to the parking lot yeah. and you there's no community there's no fellowship there's no
1: welcome to the what next podcast Hosted by Sean Reed, where we pay it forward through conversations. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring person or message to help you on your journey to discover what's next for you.
0: The best thing for your family is for you to decide as the head of your household, what do we, as my collective partnership, what do we agree? And what is going to be our North Star? Mm -hmm. What is going to be our plumb line? So that whatever is happening around us may change because that's a fact. Society is going to change, but this is what our guiding light and star is, and this is what we will continue to follow. Right. And that's and that's why the question is, what do you believe and how are you going to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it is because it's OK. We live in a in a world where and I tell the kids all the time, your little friend down the street may not believe what you believe. And you see, Jesus Christ was about love. He loved Everybody, does it mean that he loved sin? No, and people get this confused Mm -hmm. all the time. No, it's about being able to stand up and say, Oh, you that's what you believe, and that's 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 okay that that's what you believe. Let me tell you what I believe, and again, the child to feel confident that this is what we do at my house. Mm And that's just what it is. And children are some of the meanest little, I mean meanest. No, seriously, when you hear them talk, oh my God, you're so stupid. And they're so unkind. You know what I mean? But if we are not equipping our children to be like, But again, you have to be confident, you know, because Mm -hmm. if you are confident about what you believe and what is happening in your household, chances are your child is going to be comfortable and confident with Mm -hmm. that, too. Mm -hmm. And if they understand that, yes, it is absolutely okay to be different, because in some families, you may have siblings or grandparents that don't believe what you believe. And you need to be okay because you need to equip the child so that the child is not confused. And the only way the child is not going to be confused is if you are clear with the child and you talk, again, the communication. Mm -hmm. What are you talking about with your child? Mm -hmm. And when are you talking? So there, there are key points of the day where... Bedtime is super important. I was, I was listening to another thing that Andy Stanley, Stanley did up on, on parenting, and he was saying that most parents rush bedtime because it's such a nuisance time. The child wants to stay up, but it's one of the most vulnerable times that you have with the kid where all they want is your time. Right. And it is it is a key time for you to find out what's happening with their heart. Mm -hmm. Who upset you today? How is your heart? How are you feeling? And to ask them. But most of us are not in a headspace where we can even do that Mm -hmm. or we're not even in touch with our own selves to, to be able to ask ourselves. So then how do you teach a child how to do that? So then we get in this cycle of bad parenting. You don't want to, nobody, I don't think there's anybody that you, you get pregnant and you're like, I want to be a bad parent. (laughs) That's what's up. You know what I'm saying? High five on the bad parenting. You know, that's what I want to get. I do not believe that we, we start out saying, yo, I want to mess up my kid. Right. But. We don't because we don't know how to. And I think our parents' age group was we don't ask how it's done, right? They were afraid to ask, but it also was a different dynamic because more moms were staying at home. And it's not a mom or dad thing. Mm -hmm. I think what it is is that you have one parent that is stable in the house. Mm -hmm. So whether it is mom or dad, it really doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. This is not a sexist thing. It just means there's one parent that is acutely aware of what is going on right. right where if there is communication between the parents that parent is going to communicate with the other parent for them to figure out because again you're working as a team it's like you can't do it all You want to make sure your child is well, so you've made the decision that one parent is staying at home for a particular time period. The other parent is going to go out and make sure that financially. Now, sometimes it may mean that we have to change our lifestyle, Mm. and maybe we can't live on the same block with the Joneses anymore. Mm. But most of us don't want to make that adjustment or change to say, all right, so maybe we're not as financially as comfortable as we were, mm-hmm. but I'm making these decisions so that my kid, right, has a little bit more of me.
1: I thought about it all day, and I said to myself, if you calculate the amount of hours in a day that you spend with your child, mm-hmm. it's two hours if you're lucky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're rushing, you can't go in the morning because everybody's rushing in the morning, yeah. right? So... You get home from work, 6 o'clock. Child's got to bed by 8 o'clock. Three, really two hours. Yeah. Three, really two hours. And you're rushing, in that two hours, he's rushing dinner, rushing homework, and it's to bed.
0: That's why he made the point about bedtime. One of the times for me that I thought were so special that I remember... Um, was my dad taking me to school in the morning and because of traffic Mm -hmm. and stuff like that it seemed like it was a good time and I remember talking to a parent on Sunday evening and they said don't ever miss an opportunity to drop your kids somewhere Mm -hmm. because sometimes just those conversations and Again, that vulnerability or because they want something, they're open to. Now, here's the problem. If you weren't talking to your child at six, seven, eight, nine, and 10, this all of a sudden up. they're a teenager and you're like, why don't they talk to me? You uh. didn't talk to them before. Yeah. I'm not saying it can't happen, but you have to drastically and you have to include them with it to be like, look, I think many of us don't want to admit that we're wrong and You have to humble yourself and be like, look, I did not do this right in the beginning. And I really want to change the way that we're doing things. And so as a result, I want us to spend Friday evenings together and do this, Mm -hmm. right? I did, what was it? The Sunday was the first, right? I did an activity. We did primarily games and stuff, but I did one activity with the kids. And the activity was that they were to write down, this is all age groups now, Mm -hmm. including the teenagers, um, four things that they learned from last year. Because, again, I want to know your thinking, Mm -hmm. right? So, because I think it's, it's important to look at the context of last mm-hmm. and now we're looking forward, right? Mm-hmm. But you can't look forward if you don't know what you're coming from, mm-hmm. okay? So, four things that we did that, that you, that you um, right. did well okay. last year, okay? Or that, that helped you grow last year. Then this year, we're going to set up goals, mm-hmm. right? I want you to, to give me two goals for these three categories, mm-hmm. okay? Personal Spiritual and family. Mm -hmm. Personal means I, Sean, want to learn how to underwater basket weave, Mm -hmm. right? That's your personal goal. That has nothing to do with your wife or your kid. Mm -hmm. It's what you want to grow, develop yourself. Mm -hmm. That's the skill you want, Mm -hmm. okay? Family, what is something that we can do collectively to make our family better, Mm -hmm. right? I think every single kid Asked for more family time.
1: Wow. Wow. We're
0: talking over somewhere between 40 and 60 children. Every single one of them asked for more family time. Question. Like, in the way, like, so maybe that wasn't their words, but yeah. that's what it boiled down to. So maybe they asked, could we take, could we do an activity together? Or could we play more of this together? Or do, s-? but it was with the family.
1: Question. Mm-hmm. Is that a symptom of the reality of society that we're creating or created and or a symptom of children not realizing what it takes to to be a parent because
0: i don't think it's their job to realize what it takes to be a parent fair enough fair enough fair enough I think it's the parent's job to figure out because you see, but I think life has become so busy and so hard. I mean, and hard because hard in the sense that people have real issues and problems. Like Good. I may not be able to feed my kid this week. That's my Those, there is a re- You understand what I'm yeah. saying? When we were doing mentorship um, prior to COVID w- at one of the schools that we're connected to, I remember a kid saying to me, the only reason that light is turned on at their house is so that their parent can iron their uniform mm-hmm. for work or to cook, mm-hmm. right? Other than that, Off. they cannot use light for homework mm-hmm. or any of those things. And for me, I was like, that blew my mind because yeah. I was just like, wow, those are not our problems. You know what I'm saying? Because no, be- and we really have to put things in perspective yes. Yes. of. Okay, there are things that we get all bent out of shape about and we are not looking at the bigger picture Correct. of what is happening around us. Now, again, I am speaking for a Christian mm. and a Christ follower, mm. okay? Meaning, if you, belie- if you are a Christ follower, then you believe one body many parts Mm -hmm, right many of us go into this where you want god people you could ask everybody in jamaica by the way um will tell you they're a christian (laughs) right um but what does it mean Mm -hmm. there's an active role like i feel like it needs to be the verb it's there is an active part that you must play in the body Mm -hmm. yes you can worship god anywhere we are not negating Mm. that but it says that there's something about the body of believers coming together there's something about being in fellowship if you look at what happened to people the only reason why in Jamaica right now we are talking or you're hearing more and more about emotional issues or or things happening like that is coming out of COVID we saw right how it impacted people that it was like i had teenagers or at the time they were not teenagers Mm. kids that i thought were like i'm gonna say were my superstar kids that totally fell apart Mm. during covid like parents were calling me left right and center with the kid that i mean never gave any kind of trouble any kind of anything and they were having like these like meltdowns yeah just could not cope at all. And it was so clearly we're seeing there is a problem. Like if you're not getting the Houston, there's a problem. There is a wake up. There is a, a reality. Like COVID was not the worst thing that ever happened to us. COVID was supposed to be that opportunity for us to take a step back and say, okay, I've been doing things like this mm-hmm. and I don't think it's been working. Right? How do I shift and make the change so that it's not just business as usual? Right. And I think the minute, but when I would hear and it would annoy me so much to my core or my tribe, when people would be so annoyed about, I just want to be able to go out. I just want to be able to. And it's like, Okay, if they have deemed that we need to pull back in order for things not to escalate, Mm. your selfishness, again, you're only thinking about what you need to Mm. do. You're not thinking about what's good on a bigger scale or, Mm. you know what I'm saying? Now, yeah, can you, is cabin fever a real thing? Sure. You know what I'm saying? We all have experienced it. And COVID was hard for all of us but i find and this is the same thing if we're tying it back to how we started why we can't trust people the honesty the integrity people that you think are in these high positions that there is that assumption i don't know what it's based on because again because when people are running for It's not like in the states. In the states, when when people's characters are called into question, then they're like, "Yeah, we're not going to vote for them." At least when that became an anomaly was with 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 Trump. I mean, like if we're keeping it real, but before that, it was like, I mean, Bill Clinton. I mean, would have lost the election before had that stuff come out before. You know what I mean? Because you had to have a particular character if you were going to be the president of the United States, and this was something i always thought even as a teenager that was strange in jamaica that you didn't necessarily have to have good character in order to to be a public figure here in in jamaica right and that those things don't have nothing to do with whether (laughs) you hold a public office and i was saying i mean i used to when i moved back to jamaica i said i wish they would stop um broadcasting parliament because no i'm being so serious and i hope i probably will get so ribbed for this but it's such a poor example of how we should behave Correct. why would you broadcast just do the audio just do yeah. the audio because when you see the di- the blatant disrespect and how they deal with each other it's not nice if, if
1: you are a child watching that that's what you're aspiring to okay
0: there was a there was a video that went around that was heartbreaking during COVID where it was I don't think the kid was more than six and they asked him what he wanted to be and he said a gunman. Yeah, I remember that, yeah, Right. Yeah, yeah. And but if you, and when you asked him, he made great points in terms of why. <laughs> no, I mean I'm not laughing. It's just like he was like stated some facts yeah. as to and it's like, well, I mean, if you're in a situation where you're so an un- impoverished. Right. Where the only way you feel like you can get any respect, because a lot of that word respect is so important, yeah, you know, yeah. and we do not treat people like it's not even equals, but it's just humans. Yeah. There's, we degrade each other there. We are We're. I mean, we're still a very classist very, very um, society, very. regardless of whether people want to admit it or not. And most people will not. Right. And it is that ugly word. And I think, Sean, until we are willing to look at our our ugliness and our mess that we have come up with, then we're not going to start to see the change. And right now, I think we live in one of the most beautiful places on Earth and we're doing such a disservice to not only our country, um, but our children um, and our nation. Because I do think that Jamaicans have the potential to like even rule the world because there's something so charismatic and that ignites, you know what I mean? It's like you see a Jamaican and you put them anywhere and you see how well they thrive and how well they do. You know what I'm saying? And it's, let's do it here. Let us stop being so selfish and everybody's just for themselves. You know what I mean? And yeah, the the community, the, the thought of community is, I don't know if to say if it's a bad word, but we don't live that way. You know, like I feel like in my grandmother's, when my grandmother was growing up, I heard about so many different people that she took in yeah. to her house and she cared for them and fed them. They were kids in the neighborhoods or kids, um, even family members that maybe did not have as much and, and, they were taken care of nobody was left out and we don't have that neighborly type of mentality anymore Uh, you um, so many of us seriously when you live in apartment complexes do you know your neighbor have you met them have you introduced yourself to them you know this idea that you're you've some i'm going to introduce myself how many people go to church and sit down everybody claiming to be a Christian right you sit down you hear the message and the first as soon as i'm done to the parking lot yeah. and you there's no community there's no fellowship there is no you know
1: you know what's interesting i don't remember where i heard it or where i saw it but the fact that the quickest way the devil spreads is by breaking people up and so if he can instead of fear so i won't feed the child down the road or the person on the road because they may come and steal something from me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I won't drive my car windows down because somebody may beg me for something. Mm-hmm. I won't speed the person at church beside me because they may beg me for something. And so we we end up living such an isolated life,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is the opposite yeah. of what we should be doing. We should be living communally. We yeah. should be living together. Yeah. And so therefore, these fears and insecurities have been sprinkle around yeah. to keep everybody
0: segregated. you made such a really good point because and uh, for those listening you might have guessed already that i kind of speak very pictorially like i'll give you imagine this picture this all right so you're looking at a herd of cattle and the predator who does he go after
1: the one by themselves.
0: The one by themselves. Yes. It's so much easier to pick off the one that has strayed and has moved past. But I'm really, really glad that you brought that point. And I don't know where we are in time. But um, one. Of, I'm going to say, not 2022, but 2021, you know what my big lesson from God was? Right. And I feel like I'm saying this and tears are coming to my eyes that God would leave the 99 to go back for the one. No, that didn't make... Because, again, with the corporate America background and and wanting things to run, you know, just so, that didn't make sense to me because I have 99. (laughs) Good. I'm feeling real strong about these odds. I'm okay with letting the one go. Like, I was... Like, I'm not even batting an eye at the one. I have 99. What? I mean, Sean, I was... I was good. I was really good. And God really worked on my heart and told me, no, we have to go back for the one. And I was like, what? (laughs) Like you're blowing my mind, but I've got 99 right here. 99 that I can account for 99 that I am solid with. Like we're about to go and like take over Egypt we're about to like storm the city with the 99 and he said no yeah you have to go back for the one god is not willing to sacrifice one of his children yeah and so again i think that the line or the question has to be what do you believe
1: let me ask you a question um i met you as somebody who is imparting knowledge and helping (laughs) Or really (laughs) what a what led you to become like the Sunday school teacher at church and yeah what led you there
0: oh it had to be God this was not I want to be so clear and anybody that has ever heard me speak will know this is not something that I chose for myself at all at all and I went into this with tears um no it really was God you know I knew that it was, I had got saved and baptized like maybe six months before I moved back to Jamaica. And so I was on a brand new journey and in my, in a very good corporate job. And I was, I was quite comfortable. Mm. I'm going to say, I'm going to use the word comfortable. I was very comfortable. I was, um, Living around and with family that I was maybe the closest to that I've ever experienced, as what a good, solid family unit, mm. functioning yeah. unit was like. And God said it was time to go home. And I was like, okay. And He was clear. So I was like, okay, mm. all right. So I always knew I was coming home. I just didn't know when. And, um, I, funny enough and nothing is a coincidence. God had worked it out where my brother was ready to come home too, And my siblings and I have always been very, very close and we kind of do things in tandem. Um, and he said he was ready to come home and I was like, all right, well, let's do this. Mm -hmm. And my sister has married an American. So it's not as easy for her to say, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm ready to come home. Mm -hmm. Um, so he and I packed up and we moved home and, um, as i was searching for uh, a church family because it was very sad for me i it, it was the first time i had gone to church and experienced community mm-hmm. right it was what i described i came to church i heard the message at the minute it was over i'm out running the to the parking lot i'm out You know what I'm saying? But this church body was about fellowship. It was about doing things together, being a part of something. And I'd never experienced that before. Mm. And I was like, oh, I love this. Mm. This is different. But again, different in a good way. Then, so I came home and I was just like, oh, Lord, you could not have taken me away from the comfort of family and like good church home to bring me here to to like nothing. Yeah. And so I was just like, the church that um, my mom was, was attending at the time, I so I did a church hopping thing for about a year, mm-hmm. meaning trying to figure out where the right fit was. And I was praying and asking, Holy Spirit, you tell me. where. And there were a couple churches I, I kind of was even there for a couple months. Mm-hmm. And I was waiting and waiting and waiting. And I went to go... I actually, so I always have, I've always had a heart for um, people that are in bad situations. Mm-hmm. So I heard there was a downtown ministry and I wanted to, to see what that was about. And uh, I heard one of the Morgan brothers mm-hmm. were, were doing it. And actually, so I didn't realize that I had mixed them up. Right, And so what I thought I was going into wasn't really what I was going into. Mm -hmm. And literally, it was at maybe the first or second time they ever met at um, where we are now. Mm -hmm. And I heard God say, this is it. And I was like, this is what? Because this was (laughs) like, I don't think there were 40 people there. It was really at the beginning stages. And he was like... You know what i've learned is that sometimes god calls you to build sometimes you come in where you're a part of something mm-hmm. right but i now know in looking back that god called me to build and be a part of something mm-hmm. you know here and i remember so as i started to know okay no i'm i'm going there mm-hmm. right and I'm attending and doing membership and becoming involved, and I again, I hear the Holy Spirit say, all right, you need to serve, mm. right? And I'm thinking, okay, well, I'm coming from a cost, very strong customer service background, so like hospitality yeah. or something like that could be nice, like an ushering, <laughs> yeah, man, that, easy peasy, that's great. Yeah. And he says, wherever they want you, that's where you serve. I mm. said, okay, so at the time, um, the our our senior pastor and his wife were not yet married and but she was running um pretty much everything else outside of um what was happening at the pulpits mm. so i went to her and i was like where do you need the help and she was like i really need help with sunday school and i was like oh no <laughs> it's like at the time i was like oh no is there a toilet that needs to be scrubbed is there you know what else could you give me and the Holy Spirit reminded me that I had already made the decision within myself that wherever they wanted right. me, that's where I would serve. And I couldn't think of anything less that I wanted to do. And at that point, I think kids probably freaked me out a little bit. Um, so, again, it really is the story of I was not equipped I was not, but I, but I did say yes. Mm-hmm. Now I didn't say yes with a happy heart. Most people go into their purpose thinking that it's something that they're gonna be so excited about, and oh my God, God, it just showed me this vision, and it, you know, rainbows are like unicorns. Rainbows. At, listen, okay, it was not that. It was two years of crying in my car. Prior to serving, again, no one would know this because I didn't go in with an unhappy heart. I went, but before I left the car, I mean, I felt like inside of me, I was just, you know, it was not what I wanted to do. And, but I was faithful. Mm -hmm. And every time I would try to pull back to say this was not what I wanted to do, then the Lord gave me a different word Mm -hmm. or, or, or instruction, you know? until they asked me to if I would run the ministry mm. and I was just like I thought, I really thought they they were crazy at that point <laughs> I thought they had lost their mind I was like have they met me do they like are they talking to me or they must be confused right but it really was not that journey where it was something that I was excited about and I went into it but um our senior pastor his Mom has a wealth of knowledge, and she took me under her wing and taught me how to study and create lessons and do that type of stuff, you know. And I think between that the creativity, because if I had to, to give a quality of myself, that was probably the best quality. I would say it's the creativity that God has put inside of me. Um, that's very unique and different. So a mixture of those two things along with the Holy Spirit has probably led me to to where, that, where I am now. And I would never say that it hasn't been a fight and it hasn't been a struggle. And I have tried to back out and to switch ministries and do anything i think logically that would cause me to say hey or for them to say could we could you switch me somewhere else i mean my heart would be to worship you know yeah. what i mean but i can't sing and <laughs> i tried to beatbox that one time at one point and they didn't take me on you know so but um I think now in the last two years, I feel like what what has happened with between God and I is that I've grown confident in where he has placed me Mm -hmm. and what he has called me to and that I'm not interested in fighting it or fighting against it. I've always been clear that he's brought me here. So fighting so even though I may not have put out an like an outward fight with them. I was fighting internally because I was like, this is not what I wanted to do. And what was worse for me was that I grew up in a family that this is not cute. (laughs) This, no, no, no. I mean, go get a real job. Go, you know, it was very, very hard because I would say, honestly, my siblings were really the only ones that supported me. Um, in in making this decision to go into full time ministry, it is not for the faint of heart. It is hard. It is challenging, um, meaning it's a lot of hard work. Right. And uh, many people think that you're loved and respected, but you get you have to develop a very thick skin because people are unkind and people are not well. And you have to be able to receive that. I keep telling people that church is more like an emergency room. Think Mm -hmm. about it like an ER. You have on people who are not well coming in to try to get well or to get something that can. Sometimes you just get a bandaid. But what you really need is to go deep. Right. So that you can really be healed and made whole through Christ. He's the only one that can fix it for you. You know what I mean? so it really comes back down to the choice is yours and what do you want for yourself do you love yourself enough to fight for the relationship with christ do you love your kid enough that you're going to fight for the relationship so that they can see you walking this way and that's the way they'll follow but mm, i don't think many of us think about it in that context you know what
1: you just said about the church is like an emergency room that is that's very interesting that makes a lot of sense um So you said earlier that you want to kind of venture out or focus on parenting and helping parents.
0: Well, I realized this year, again, because my heart has always been in terms of, all right, I've learned to love the children. I realized this is where God has called me. Okay, Um, the parents I could take or leave you know? No, they're a handful, man. If we're, and if you've ever had, it's, I've had some very fun situations where I've had parents that believe two different things Mm -hmm. and they want two different things and they would meet with me separately about (laughs) (laughs) how they want me to deal with and manage the one child, you know? So, and again, you would need the grace of God yeah. for that, as well as the Holy Spirit to understand how to maneuver those things. Those are things that only God can 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 really maneuver you through. Yeah. And but the 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 truth of the matter is, Sean, if we are not helping the parents, and I think many people don't know how to parent because there isn't a rule book and there isn't a manual. And you hear people talk about one of the scariest things is them saying that. They've given you the baby. You've put the baby in the car seat. You're ready to go home. You and your 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 spouse or significant other, you do not know anything right. about anything and they're sending you home with this child by yourself. Yeah. Help. Yeah. Help. You know, but I think many times we're afraid to ask for help, you know? the true parenting isn't about getting it right all the time because the truth is we're not going to get it right all the time but i think it's having that grace and to be able to say to the child you know what mommy didn't get it right this time or daddy didn't get it right or you know this was not the right thing to do because your child being able to take ownership about what they did that was right or wrong with other people is going to be huge yeah so you again going back to I'm seeing the thing that Anne Stanley did about the training. Right? How do you train? And I I realize that that's where most of us in Jamaica are probably getting messed up because we don't know how to train. Yeah. Meaning we are not willing to live it that way in order for them to follow. Right. Yeah. Right? I want this for you, you know. I can, I had a parent come and tell me they were not able to come to church, but they were committed enough to have the child dropped off mm-hmm. every Sunday. Mm-hmm. They want the child to know and be knowledgeable about the Bible and do all of these things, but they could not I mean they were not able to or willing to do it yeah what do you think how long do you think that lasted yeah, right.
1: for I suppose of two things may happen um the child may love and support you and therefore stray from the bible or love or support the bible i wonder what's wrong with you
0: you know i ha- i do believe and our scripture theme is train up a child in the way that they should go and as they grow older they won't depart from it right and i think a lot of people especially because of the teenage years because when you are i don't know four through maybe 11 they say that you are following your parents' belief. Mm -hmm. Like, whatever is happening at home, that is Mm -hmm. what, right? As you're getting older or moving into the teenage years, things are being questioned, you're Mm -hmm. asking certain things, and you really have to be able to develop that relationship for yourself. It's the same thing, like... You can't get grandfathered into heaven. It is an individual. No, you can't. Like your grandmother could have been the prayer warrior that was on the team. She brought everybody in. But if you don't have that one-on-one relationship for yourself, sweetie, it's not going to happen for you. And most people are afraid to tell children or, you know, people don't want to use the word hell because maybe it doesn't sound good or it's frightening or whatever. The ba- it's not about fair and people shouldn't be. Uh, well, I'm gonna believe because I'm afraid because I don't want to go to hell. Mm-hmm. It's so much more. You see, if you truly have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you get to know Him and learn about Him for yourself and realize, because I'm not going to lie, there's some sin that's super sweet, right? Mm-hmm. So this idea of pretending. If you are not modeling Christianity in a way Mm -hmm. that looks inviting and appealing, why John Brown, who is basking in Mm -hmm. the glory of sin, would want to jump ship?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Why? Most people who are Christians, or I don't want to say most, oftentimes it just doesn't look appealing. Mm -hmm. It just does not look appealing. And again, it goes back to that. Training and modeling should be the same thing, you know. You're modeling a lifestyle in a way that Mm -hmm. is like, you know what? I know that at the end of the day, because here's the thing. Nothing biblically says that it's going to be easy. Mm -hmm. What it is, is that when the hard times come, you should be able to navigate it better because you know you're not alone. Mm -hmm. You have a God that loves you, a God that has said that he's going to take care of you, right? And he's going to protect you. And... You're, you're not alone. Yeah. He said he will never leave you and forsake you. So many people in life are going to leave you yeah. and are going to forsake you. Yep. You understand? God said he will never do that. So who do we trust? Who do we believe? What do we believe?
1: Thank you so much for listening to this conversation. If you enjoyed it and you want to dive into a similar What Next episode, check out the links in the podcast description or head to the whatnextpodcast.com. And remember, make it your mission to make somebody else's day better.